Welcome to NoSpinHomilies.com. I invite you to join me to reflect upon the homilies of Father Dan. Father Dan will challenge us to open our heart, mind, and soul to the Word of God. Father Dan will draw upon sacred scripture along with art, literature, and the lives of the saints to help us grow in our love and knowledge of the scripture. In doing so, we can become the living Word of God in this world. Now it is my pleasure to present to you No Spin Homilies. Why is there suffering in this world? We look out into this world and we see people suffering and in pain. Maybe we don't even have to look very far. Maybe we right now are personally suffering. Suffering can come in many different forms. Physical, psychological, emotional, spiritual. The loss of a loved one. The loss of a relationship or a victim of abuse. No one is immune from suffering. Jesus Christ himself suffered when he was in this world. Suffering also has varying levels of intensity. Some people suffer far greater than others. So it begs the question, why? Why do people suffer in this world? And why does God allow suffering to take place? And where is God in the midst of all our pain and suffering? Now these questions have echoed throughout the centuries and have been constantly asked by people. In fact, atheists will use these questions to disprove the existence of God in this world. They will argue, well, if God truly exists, and if he's all-powerful and all-loving, why does he allow suffering to occur? Now, to help us draw insight into this issue, we must read both the first reading from the book of Job as well as the Gospel of Mark together in order to begin to understand and fathom why we suffer. The first reading begins, Job spoke, saying, Is not man's life on earth a drudgery? Are not his days those of hirelings? He is a slave who longs for shade, a hireling who waits for his wages. And so I have been assigned months of misery, and troubled nights have admitted to me. Well, Job right now is suffering, and he's suffering with great pain. Not only is he suffering painful, but also there's a sense of frustration. As he says, If I lay in bed, when shall I arise? Then night drags on, and I am filled with restlessness until the dawn. Well, no matter how hard we try to get out of our suffering and our situation, we keep falling back into our pain. Worse yet, it brings a sense of hopelessness. He continues, he says, I shall not see happiness again. We wonder when will this ever end? Will we be released from our suffering? Now, in this first reading, we don't hear God's response. But in subsequent chapters ahead, especially in chapter 38, God answers Job. And he does it in a very interesting way, with questions. God says to Job, Where were you when I founded the earth and the universe? And where were you when I commanded the morning as well as the dawn? To take place. Notice these exchange between the two. Each has a different perspective. Job's perspective is very narrow, focused on himself and his own suffering. And yet God's perspective is of the grand scheme of things. He sees the big picture. He sees everything 
from the time the world was created to limitless future. God sees the entire universe, the grand scheme of things. Good analogy to help us understand this is a puzzle. Now, each and every one of us has one piece of a huge puzzle. We look at that individual piece and we say, you know, I don't understand. You know, it, it doesn't have any meaning to me. There's no purpose in it. I don't see the picture. Now, how many pieces are there in the big picture of this entire universe, in the history of salvation? Well, billions and billions of pieces. God has each and every one of them. And he carefully and meticulously places them so that they all come together. And in doing so, God sees the big picture. He sees everything, and everything has meaning and purpose to it. And see, that's our problem. We can't see the big picture. We see only that little piece of the puzzle that is ours. And it doesn't have purpose or meaning. Therefore, we're confused and frustrated, especially when suffering enters into our life. I think what the book of Job teaches us, that God doesn't give us a simple need and direct answer. He shows us the reasons for no biblical book, in my view, better demonstrates God's awesome power and his inscrutable ways, thereby teaching the indispensable truth that we have to have a relationship with God. It's not enough that we know about God. We must seek to know him, which is the ultimate message God imparts to Job. In getting to know God, one must learn to trust God and believe that he knows and will do what is best for us and for all of creation. Those frustrated with God's failure to provide a direct answer to Job should note that Job doesn't mind or end up frustrated, and he is the one who has lost everything in various events. He's lost his wife, his family, he's lost his job, he's lost his friends, his house, even loses his health. Additionally, God ultimately rewards Job for his faith, giving him even more prosperity and blessings than he initially had. In responding to his questions, God takes Job on a tour of his wondrous creation and shows that, contrary to doubts some may have about God's love and concern for us or suspicious of his arbitrary ways with us, God cares deeply about us. See, the book of Job further demonstrates, perhaps ironically, that suffering need not separate humans from God. In fact, it's through the very process of suffering that Job draws closer to God and comes to know him better. Indeed, like Job, who remain steadfast, are blessed by God in their suffering because they remain with God and close to him. Now, with that in mind, fast forward to the gospel. It says, When it was evening, after sunset, they brought to Jesus all who were ill or possessed by demons. The whole town was gathered at the door. He cured many who were sick with various diseases. He drove out many demons, permitting them not to speak because they knew him. When we are encountering suffering and pain in our life, we must be like those people in the gospel. We have to go to Christ because Christ will enter into our suffering with us so we won't be alone. Jesus knows our pain and suffering. He suffered too. He suffered anxiety in the Garden of Gethsemane. 
He suffered loss and abandonment when he was arrested. He suffered deep physical pain when he died upon the cross. And so Jesus, he knows our suffering and he knows our pain. Therefore, go to him. Allow Christ to enter into your suffering. Go to him and you'll receive strength and peace. You know, I liken it to a child who climbs into their mother's lap when they're hurting and they're crying. By being in the sheer presence of their mother, the child draws strength from the mother. And then after a while, the child calms down. They stop crying. Their pain has ever so slightly been eased by just the mother's sheer presence. And that child now finds comfort and peace. Well, we too must do the same thing. When we feel suffering, we must go to Christ. Enter into the presence of God in prayer, in the sacraments. Then we will feel a sense of peace. God will overshadow us, just like he did with those people in the gospel that he cured. And ever so slightly, ever so gently, he will take away just some of our pain. So now we feel a sense of peace and hope. One last thing. Some people may ask, well, why doesn't God cure all people? Well, I think he does, but he does so at different levels. Physically, spiritually, psychologically. You know, one person may not necessarily be healed physically, but he is healed at a spiritual level. See, this is the reason why we must read the first reading from this weekend's readings along with the gospel passage. The book of Job demonstrates to us that suffering need not separate us from God. In fact, just the opposite. It is through the very process of suffering that we draw closer to God and come to know God in a more intimate way. And our faith becomes stronger because of that. More to it, when we do experience suffering and pain in our life, again, we have to bring ourselves to Christ, just like those people did in the gospel. When we bring ourselves to Christ, Christ enters into our suffering so that we're not alone. Allow Jesus to overshadow you. And in doing so, Jesus, ever so slightly, gradually will reduce our suffering, ever so slightly. And in doing so, now we feel a sense of peace and hope that can only come through Jesus Christ. And may the grace and the peace of Jesus Christ rest upon you always.